Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Despite being up a game in this series, the Miami Heat are still massive underdogs to get to the NBA Finals ahead of the Boston Celtics. But after that very impressive Game 1 performance, let's preview how we think Game 2 is going to go down here today on the Board YouTube channel. The eight-seed Miami Heat are three wins away from getting to the NBA Finals after their incredible second half comeback and taking care of the Celtics in the clutch. So, Pips, I remember Monday on our show, you thought this would be an easy series to Boston, but then on our, our Game 1 preview, all of a sudden switched up and said, this is actually not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be, and the Miami Heat made this one difficult for sure. So, Three wins away from Miami. What did you make of this game one? What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this will be a very interesting series. I don't think we, throughout the entire playoffs, are saying Miami hit three-point shooting is not sustainable. Then we get into the next game, we say it again. And then we go into the next game, we say it again. And then first game against the Boston Celtics, they shot over 50% from the three. And now I, I, I have some data, which is kind of interesting. I saw some someone share it uh, on, on, on the Twitter feed. Let's hear it. Let's hear and, it. And, and that's kind of uh, amazing. But teams that came off the game seven, of a game seven series, are 33 and 53 in game one since 1988. Uh, that's 38% win rate. So teams coming off a seven-game series are winning 38% of the games. So that's kind of huge. I, I was kind of shocked when I, when I, when I saw that. So Boston being... I feel like maybe it's the better teams don't go to seven, so like the game seven team is worse. Yeah, sure. I, I, I know it's kind of probably goes that way. But then eight and a half spread for Miami Heat that has more rest coming into this the series and they did against the best team in the league that we said bucks in five same thing against the knicks and now starting with a win against the boston Celtics. now probably the best team left in, in the playoffs so it's kind of it's kind of crazy and it's kind of crazy to see line opening at 8.5 for, for the first game i said like that's looks too much they ended up winning it now also over 5.5 on the series as as we said on the last show that's kind looking of really great. good now yeah so that everything looked great so kind of a good start with our previews so yeah i i, I like the way the Miami Heat play they it's jimmy butler and now we finally get good contribution from bema de bio and then 15 points, Gary Vincent, 15 points, Mark Schultz, 15 points, Keller Martin, 15 points, Kyle Lowry. That's kind of huge. Yeah, it was. It had to be demoralizing for the Celtics late in that game. 
like he'd get kicked out to Struess. He'd hit a massive shot. And then Martin had a massive, massive three-pointer right in front of the Celtics bench late in the game. And Gabe Vincent had a massive three uh, at the top of the three-point line late in the game. Like, they just had so many guys come through. And even, like, let, let's shout out Kevin Love. What, a couple threes was it in the third quarter as the Miami Heat started to build that comeback? Uh, there was, like, a, a transition and he stepped back for three, even though it was a two-on-one. Like, the, the shot-making was just unbelievable from this Miami Heat team. And I'm no longer going to say it's not sustainable. They're going to shoot the lights out for the rest of the playoffs, I think. <laughs> and also, the threes making, three-point making, crazy, crazy, crazy. And then we got so much so late into the game. And then Jimmy Butler pulls out from, like, 30-plus feet contested him down and he makes it and kind of seals the game yeah that's the jimmy butler way to to do it kind yeah. of everyone yeah. was like wow everyone was blown away with that shot but it's kind of it's starting to get expected from jimmy butler it's, no, it's still it's, it's still of, remarkable you still have yeah. to be like this like what is going on it's like watching yeah. Jokic. you it, you're yeah. bewildered but you're like it's, it's just it's just what he does, right? It's him. Like, he is him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's look at the Celtic side of things because they had a really good second quarter. Looked like they were just going to run them over, especially at the start of the third quarter. But the Miami Heat scored 46 points in the third, which, by the way, is the most points the Miami Heat have ever scored in a, a single quarter of a playoff game in franchise history. Pips, can you guess... How many timeouts Joe Mazzula called in the 46.3rd yeah. quarter? Yeah, I kind of know because I was <laughs> I was confused, but zero. To any viewer <laughs> out there, it was zero. The <laughs> Celtics started, I think, the fourth quarter on a 7-0 run and 94 seconds in, Spolster called a timeout to stop the run. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> sure, trust your guys to figure it out. But when you get outscored by 21 in the third quarter, you should probably call a timeout at some certain point. When a team is shooting 50% from three, and actually, I, I don't know the, the halftime splits. They probably shot well above 50 in the second half. You should probably call a timeout. But that never came from Joe Missoula. So it's more game management issues from the rookie head coach here. Let's talk yeah. about – oh, sorry, go uh, ahead. I'll I will say, like, Boston Celtics did kind of shot well in the third quarter. They were 45% from the field and 38% from the three. Got seven free throws. But oh, they were fine. They, it was just, it was momentum. The, the heat were, yeah. just, they had all they the had, energy, all the momentum. Yeah. Had they, all the hustle and, and the Celtics could have matched. So, yeah, it's kind of, so they hit four more. Offensive rebounds, and they had three less turnovers, so seven more possession mm -hmm. in the fourth, in the third quarter, and then they made every shot. So that's kind of, kind of absurd to for for, for the and it, the the, the run was crazy, and, and yeah, to not call a single timeout and just change something is very confusing for for this level of, of basketball and this deep into the season. And uh, I honestly don't understand why. So Grant Williams, we spoke about him a lot, and he was out of rotation, and they played Peyton yeah. Preacher 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, say, I was certainly surprised. And 
in these 12 minutes he was on the floor, he made Miami offense so easy. Like, he gave them a way out every single time because, okay, we start, start, we try something, doesn't work, let's go to Preacher. And every single time it was like this and, yeah, I understand. I'll, so you have Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon and Smart sharing the minutes for two positions. You don't, you don't need Peyton Preacher. Like, just give more minutes to Malcolm Brogdon or, or Smart or White. So Derek White played only 20 minutes. Yeah, that's in insanity. Game, he was six for, four for six, three from five from threes. Why don't you just play him 30 minutes instead of playing Peyton Preacher? Like, yeah, I, 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 I was honestly confused. So, Me as well. Decision making was was very strange in the second half from the Boston Celtics. Let the Miami Heat back in the game and didn't do enough to stop that. So a bit of that's on coaching, or a lot of that's on coaching. A uh, good amount of that's on the players as well. Uh, credit to them the first half. Uh, they used the size of Rob Williams pretty well. I was pretty impressed by how he played first half. The lob threat was there. The Miami Heat couldn't really hang, even a little bit into the third quarter as well. You had Jason Tatum making shots. You had Jalen Brown playing well, but it all, I mean, Brogdon as well was great, but second half as the momentum started to kick in, it was a close game late. And we spoke about this ahead of game one, that when it's going to be a close game late, it's going to be trading shots. And when the Celtics are moving the ball, getting everybody involved, that's when their offense is at their best. We saw that in the first half, but then as they start to panic in the third quarter, they go back to the old habits of trying to force stuff in isolation and it didn't work. And then you get to the fourth quarter. As much as Jimmy Butler was making shots, we also I talked about Vincent hitting a three. I talked about Struce, Martin hitting threes. The ball was still moving around. But for the Celtics, it was very isolation-driven. And it resulted in a turnover by uh, Jason Tatum. Shout-out to Max Struce. Uh, I don't know if you remember. He, at the defensive stand right at the top of the three-point line. Jimmy Butler got the steal. But the comment, the commentator's like, oh, what a steal by Jimmy Butler. Max Struess kept Jason Tatum in front of him, locked him up. And then next play, Tatum called for the travel. I don't know if it was the next play, but Jason Tatum called for a travel. Then I believe it was the next play, another travel on the up and down in the three, which was contested by, I think it was Martin. So three late turnovers by Tatum. I saw Missoula kind of rinsed him in the timeout afterwards, but it's it's – Remarkable how much the Celtics crumbled in that clutch compared to the Heat, who just had all that momentum and it fueled them to uh, a, a, the score would suggest a comfy win, but it was like like a ten point game near the end. Yeah, and also so many different calls by Marcus Smart. He had ten assists in the first half and only one assist in the second half. So that that kind of shows how they. We're yeah. playing in the first half and how they were playing. In and, and, half, and Marcus but... Smart had one field goal attempt in the first half as well. And then he took six in the, the second half. Yeah. And I think they like Marcus Smart with one field goal attempt when it's possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah. What, what... And also, I, I kind of think Spoilstra did a mess in some part with not playing at Bema de Bio. So, Jimmy Butler played 43 minutes and Bema Adebayo played 37 minutes, six minutes difference. Bema Adebayo was plus 18 and Jimmy Butler was plus five. So like their defense 
can't stay on their own without Bema Debay on the court. Yeah, he's so, so good. Whenever Bema uh, we, we disrespect him sometimes, but he is very good. Yeah, so so like now he we, we get contribution on offense, 20 points, points, five assists. Finally, great from Adebayo. But throughout the entire playoffs, he was amazing on defense. That's yeah, yeah. Like top five in the playoffs entirely, Bema Adebayo. And when he sits, very difficult from Miami to defend. There were so many easy layups, free throw trips, and broke the defense getting broke down and stuff. With Bema, without Bema Adebayo, but with, with Bema Adebayo, they were great on, on that half. But the improvement from Miami Heat must be on defense. They gave up so many layups out of broken plays and, and not trying that hard on defense. Bema Adebayo being very far out uh, on, on the perimeter, he needs to be more into the protection of the rim type of game. So, yeah, I think Celtics just need to play like the first half and Miami needs to just do a better job at defending the rim and letting them settle for like jumpers instead of going for laps. Yeah. Let's let's have a look here at the lines for this game. We're going to reference Betstamp once again. As always, if you guys need to sign up for more sports books, please use our affiliate link in the description, betstamp.app slash the board. By line shopping, ensuring you get the best price, you're always making sure that you win more on your winners and you lose less on your losers here. But despite the Celtics losing this game, the spread has actually gone further in favoring them. They are mostly minus nine across the board. For this one, there are some eight and a half here at the time of recording, but a nine point spread is what we see. The over under for the game has jumped from about 210 and a half to 215 and a half as a result of like the 150 points or 140 points from that game one. So I thought it'd be a low scoring series, a slow series. Uh, game one certainly would suggest that is not the case, but ultimately, what do you expect to see to finish off here differently? What do you expect to see different for this game too? And who do you expect to come through with the win? I do think Boston Celtics will kind of do better this game. Uh, but still, I think nine points spread is kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I don't think Miami will shoot that well. He made They made so many huge shots and they... I, so I, you like, said that before. You said that before. Yeah, I don't think it's it's 50% <laughs> sustainable. I think 40, maybe 38 and 40, maybe, but 50, like out of this world. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Boston needs to win the second game, obviously. And I think they will, but also nine, nine points is also kind of huge. But I think Miami was like, okay, we won on the road. Like, I think next game they will play different. So, yeah, I. I think I think Boston will come out and play better from the start. I actually uh, have already bet this, but uh, I like the first half spread for Boston minus four and a half. I know you say it's kind of big, but um, yeah. I suspect a lot of five and a halves on the board out there as well. Four and a half is a good number. I suspect Boston will come out and like this. This is a must win game. Pretty much. You can't lose both at home to start a series. So uh, I suspect this will factor in. Um, not something that I usually reference for betting, not going to reference here, but but a lot of even sharper bettors do look at, I think they call it the snake, where uh, like if a home team loses game one, they're, they just have a jump in game two, and maybe that's why we're seeing the spread move up to nine, even though the Celtics lost game one. Not something I would typically reference, but I do feel as though the Celtics are the better team. If they play to their strengths, 
Miami want to take that away. But if Boston played to the strengths, like they're going to win this series. They can still win this series in six games, but it's on them to rise up to the occasion. So uh, we'll have an interesting game for sure. Um, I don't like the Celtics, so I had a lot of fun watching that second half unfold. But I, I still think the Celtics will win this series. How about you? Yeah, I think Celtics in six or seven, but Miami showed that they they could win. Oh yeah, not, Miami. Not, I mean, the, yeah, not the way we saw like minus one fifty for uh, we saw minus five hundred for Celtics. Now it's it's more realistically put. So they yeah. Austin is still. I, I, I can't find an exact series price, but the Celtics are still very very heavily favored to uh yeah. to come out of this series so don't still don't quite agree with that i mean i bet miami to win this series before game one i think if i don't know i, I don't know if there's any price out there but if you can still get like a 300 number on the, the heat i think that's worth it you have them up a game and clearly showed that they can give boston a lot of problems so we'll see how this one shakes out we appreciate everybody tuning into our game previews once again Please make sure you dropped a like if you did enjoy. Please make sure you are subscribed to the board YouTube channel if you want to see more content just like it all throughout the rest of the playoffs. And make sure you rate and view five stars if you're listening in audio form. We will see you next time for another playoff preview.